you for tuning in to Inspirational Talk with Darren Lamar. Are you looking for an encouraging word from the Lord? Well, you tuned into the right place. Just a few announcements every Friday at 9 a.m. There will be a teaching and study led by Minister Darren Lamar. You can also stay in the know and catch Inspirational Talk with Darren Lamar on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. Just type in Inspirational Talk with Darren Lamar, and there you can find all the lessons and teachings. Without further delay, let's get into the Word of God. Grace and peace to all. Thank you for tuning in to Inspirational Talk with Darren Lamar. I am grateful that God has extended another day to each and every one of us. We are still in the land of the living in spite of everything that we have went through. If you don't mind, just tell God, thank you, Lord, just for getting me through one more day, one more day through danger seen and unseen. You know, many times we go through danger and exposed to danger that we don't always see in the natural. We never know what God had saved us from through the course of the day as the day goes by, you know, 24 hours within a day from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed and close our eyes. We don't know what God has saved us from that the enemy may has tried to accomplish. But thanks be unto God that his mercy, that his kindness, praise God, is extended to us that much that even when we are not conscious of those things, he still protects us from it. And for that, we tell God, thank you. I want to talk today about five things, five things God has given us. There is not even a number that we can put on this, but God has given me five things to share with you, five things to make eternity, five things to make it to heaven, to be exact. God has given us direction, wisdom, knowledge, and a path that we must take in order if we want to make heaven our home. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to invite your attention to Matthew chapter 24. And I want to look at verse number four and verse number five. I'll read it to you in your hearing. Matthew chapter 24, verse four and number five. And the word of the Lord reads like this, reading out of the King James Version. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed. Meaning pay attention, obey. Listen, he said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive you. We are living in a time where there are many false teachers, false preachers, false prophets, false ministers. 
that have came in the image of God, of Christ Jesus. Coming saying one thing, but their motive is different. Coming to deceive you. Coming to lie to you. And if you want to make it into the kingdom of God, it is your responsibility. It's a commandment. It's a requirement that you have discernment to be able to not be deceived, to not be lied to, to not be taken advantage Because the devil wants to come in and do anything that he can to make sure that heaven does not become your home. So he will come in many different ways to deceive you and lie to you and tell you things like you could still make it into heaven and still do this, still do that. You can get into heaven and still have a lying tongue. The devil is a liar. You could still make it into heaven and be an alcoholic. That you could still make it into heaven living in fornication. Oh, you could still make it into heaven and you got a cussing spirit on you. Oh, you could still make it into heaven and your heart not be pure. You could still make it into heaven and be bound by homosexuality. You could still make it into heaven and be bound by lesbianism. You could still make it into heaven. And that's what the devil does is he comes and deceives us. He goes against what God said he was against. If you don't believe me, let me turn to it right quick. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, if you can. If you can, I'll read it to you. Because in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, God gave us a clear understanding of who cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be what? Not deceived. Now let's just pause right there. Let's pause right there. In Matthew 24 verse 4, he tells us. Do not be deceived for many will come in my name telling you one thing when it's not the truth. And then later down, he tells us in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Be not deceived that neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers, of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor drunkards, nor revilers 
shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, he goes to say in verse 11, but ye are washed and sanctified, justified in the name of Jesus Christ. And some of us were deceived from these things. If you, if you didn't struggle with fornication, you was, you was lying. You was, you was doing one of these things or some of these things. Because we were once deceived that we could still make it into heaven and live any kind of way that we want to. Because that's what the church, we'll just put it like that, has painted this picture to be that when you know, everybody passes away, they just go to heaven. And we were once deceived when we were living in our sin before God delivered and saved us and set us free. We were bound by these unrighteous things. And he says in, in verse 11, and such were some of you, but now you're washed and now you are made clean. You're pure. You're justified. What is that saying? Meaning basically you are not deceived anymore. You know the truth. You know the way. You now know what I, God, require you to do. Because you are not deceived. You know, brothers and sisters, deception is one of the many things that the, it's one of the devil's most powerful tools and weapons that he uses in his arsenal. And that is deception. Because we have made it seem you can live any kind of way you want to and make it into heaven. And you know, brothers and sisters, it is so very sad that, and I've, I've seen it, I've been to many funerals like this, and I'm sure you have been to many funerals like this where Somebody shoots at a person trying to kill them and then they end up dying. And then when they end up dying, they, they, everybody say these, these, these famous words, rest in peace, meet you again, I'll see you again. Heaven has such the wrong misconception. If you died in unrighteousness, you will not be given eternal life in heaven. That's what the Bible says. This ain't my words. This is the word of God. That's what he says. If you die unclean, you will remain unclean. Can't nobody pray you into heaven. When you leave this side of earth, that's it. Where are you going when you leave out of here? And that's what the devil has done. He has came in and told us we can live any kind of way we want to do anything we want on this earth, live our best life, do all these wrong things and know when we leave up out of here, we're going to go to heaven. Five things God has given us to make eternity. And that is number one, to not be deceived. You cannot live any kind of way and still Make it in. Let's move on to our second one. The second thing that God has given us to make eternity 
is found in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Acts 1 and 8 reads, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has came upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. That's just meaning, you know, basically testifying and being a witness for Jesus Christ. But I want to focus on this first part right here. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has came upon you. If you want to make heaven your home, if you want to make heaven a place where you want to be at one day, you must have power. Well, what do you mean power? Power for when the enemy comes in your life and begins to taunt you and do different things. You are able to have power over that. What are you bound by? What are you struggling with in your life right now? God will give you power through the Holy Ghost to be able to overcome those things. He says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has came upon you. If you want to make heaven your home, you must have the Holy Ghost. And I'm not talking about because people think the Holy Ghost is something that just make you, you know, run around, jump, scream and speak in tongues. That that's what the Holy Ghost consists of. But the Holy Ghost is power. It's authority. In the kingdom of God, the power to be able to speak to something and believe by faith that it's gone. I have power to speak over the things that I want. I have power to cast down the things I do not want in my life that the devil has to offer me. Because if you do not have power, you are more weak and more vulnerable to sin in the eyesight of God. Because you have nothing to work with. True indeed, God fights our battles. But there's some battles God requires you to fight on your own. You have power to stop drinking if you really want to stop. If you got the Holy Ghost. And you struggling with that still. No, you need to get the strength and, and speak to that. Bind it in Jesus' name. Rebuke it. Cast it down. Send it back to the pits of hell where it came from. Because you have power to do that. Praise the Lord. You have power to be able to do those things. Five things to make heaven our home. Number three is found in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Let's go right there real quick. Luke chapter 9, verse number 1. Let's look at verse number 1. He says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. There, we goes that, there goes that word again. Power and what? Authority over all devils and to cure disease. You have authority over all devils. There are so many 
spirits that have gone out into the world. It's a number that you can't even recollect. It's a number that is out of our numeric number system. The things that take place in the spiritual realm is is way out far of our understanding in our minds. But God says in this text, basically, you don't need to know how many or the number of, but just know I've gave you authority over it. He says, over all devils, I have given you authority. Which means when you have the authority, you are above that. You don't have to accept what the devil sends your way. Many people are walking around in depression and walking around in this and walking around in that. And you don't have to do that. You have authority to speak life and not death. You have authority to cure disease. You know what that tells me? I have the power to heal. I have the power to heal. God has given me power to heal. When you got an ache or a pain in your body, ain't nothing wrong with getting the medicine, but the medicine shouldn't be your first resort. No, I bind this in Jesus name and I command my body with power and authority that I will be made whole. Come on, somebody. You need to know that. Authority over all devils and to cure disease. However, though, your power will be tested in many ways. You may experience a battle with the enemy. And it just, it'd be a breeze to get through. And sometimes you'll experience other times where your power will be tested in a greater way. Because sometimes God is going to require you to fight. It's a fight to stay saved. Oh, yes. Every day ain't easy to walk. But when you have power and authority over all devils, when you have that, you know that you can do the very impossible. The Bible says, I can do all things. All things mean all things. When God gives you the strength, power to overcome, power to achieve. Let's go on to our fourth one now. Let's look at 1 John chapter, let's go to chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse number 7 through verse number 9. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and know God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Why? Because God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that he might live through him. 
If you want to make heaven your home, you must love. And I'm not talking about loving people to where you can't correct them when they wrong. Because there's a saying called tough love. Everybody wants the truth preached to them until it hits a nerve that they don't want to hear. But God has commanded us to love. You know what that's telling us? To forgive. Oh, I know it's hard to forgive when your husband or your wife has made you that irritated and you want to go upside his or her head. Oh, I'm sure it's hard to love when you were a child and dealt with molestation in your life and still have to look who did it to you in, your, in, in their eye every now and then because all those painful memories come back. I'm sure it's hard to love your father or your mother that was not there around when you were a child and you had to grow up and go through so many things because of them not being present. Oh, I'm sure it's hard to love to pray for the person or the neighbor next to you that really did you wrong and backstabbed you in your back. Come on, somebody. I'm sure it's hard to love that person that broke your heart time after time, after time, after time, after time before. I'm sure it's hard to love to bless those that has cursed you and came against you. I'm sure it is. But God says you must love unconditionally as I loved you. If you want to make heaven your home. And that is so hard to do. Because sometimes forgiveness is a hard pill to swallow. Because it, we, want to, we want to instantly seek revenge. You've done me wrong. I'm going to get you back. But God says that's the power of love to not seek revenge. Loving somebody that has done us one way. That's why many of us won't probably make it in heaven. You probably do everything else right but love right. Because you are still holding on to something that has happened to you. In your past. And you refuse to let it go. You walking around and you look miserable. You look bitter. You look like it is eating you alive. And God says let it go. Let it go. Give the burden to me. What burden are burdens are you carrying? What are you carrying on you? What unnecessary weight is on you that you need to let go? What is causing you not to walk in love? To not walk in forgiveness as God wants us to. How many times have we messed up in life? How many times have we promised God something? And went back on what we promised. Think about it. How many times have you told God you would not do that again? And you did it all over again. And he didn't forgave you a million times. Times a million times. 
over and over and over and over and over again. And what if God did not forgive you? Oh, we would all be in trouble. If God did us how we do people. You gave up on somebody, but God never gave up on you. In spite of the things that you've done that was against God. And you have to walk in love to the people that have done wrong against you. If you want to make heaven your home, you have to bear your cross. This walk of being saved ain't, it's not always easy and not always the thing we want to do. But we must walk in love. Walk in unforgiveness. And he says in verse 8, he that loveth not, if you don't love, period, love nobody, you don't know who God is. You walking around with racism in your heart. Then you don't know who God is. And you know what's so sad is there's so many Christians out here that are racist. Claiming to know who God is. Have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That's what the Bible say. Many people have a form of godliness, but deny the power. You racist. You don't have, you don't have the spirit of God in you. you. You, it's not possible. You can't. He says it right here in verse number eight, first John four and eight. He that loveth not. Knoweth not God. You walking around hating, hatred in your heart. You don't know who God is. And you know what? It's dangerous when you don't walk in love because you will end up in a place on earth of being bitter and captivated and being enslaved in your own mind, not even realizing that you unhappy on earth because you refuse to let whatever is bothering you go that you're holding on to that is causing you not to walk into love and forgiveness, not realizing that you're going through that on earth. But don't you know when you die, that's not it. You are going to end up in hell all behind you not wanting to forgive and walk in love. So all these people that's walking around racist. Black people don't like white people. White people don't like black people. This one don't like Italians. Italians not liking uh, Hispanics. Hispanics not liking Mexicans. Mexicans not liking this nationality. That nationality not liking this nationality. Don't you realize that when you leave up out of this world, you will end up in hell because of your hatred? Because of you not walking in love. I ain't even mean to stay on this this long, but I'm going to stay here. You will end up in a place called hell, a place where people don't want to go. People don't want to talk about. Everybody think they're going to die and go to heaven. I'm just trying to figure out where is this heaven at that everybody going to. 
Because if everybody's going to heaven, that's not heaven. That's, that's, that's hell. Because heaven is a place designed for the righteous. How you found righteous and you got hatred and bitterness and rage and unforgiveness and racism all in your heart. It's not worth your soul. I preached that not too long ago. Is it worth your soul? It ain't worth your soul. Not at all. Unforgiveness is not worth me dying and going to hell over. Me hating people is not worth me dying and spending eternity in a place of torment. 24 hours, seven days a week, all day, every day. And you know how long eternity is? Eternity is forever. It's a number that is it's not even a number. It's out of the numeric number system. Eternity means eternity forever and ever and ever. 500,000 years from today, if you died tomorrow and end up in hell because you don't walk in love, 500,000 years later, you're going to still be in hell burning and in torment. And I ain't talking about no heat that's just outside that we experienced in the summertime. Oh, no, no, no. It's a heat that, that ain't a degree on the forecast in the weather. No scientist can dictate or tell you how hot hell is. Keep on walking in that, um, in that unforgiveness. Keep on walking in hatred and racism. Keep walking in unforgiveness, not walking in love. You will end up in a place where you don't want to be at. It's not worth your soul, saints of God. It ain't worth your soul. It's not worth your soul. Last but not least, let's 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 move on. Let's let's move on. Our last one is first or I'm sorry, second Timothy. Let's go there. Second Timothy. And let's look at chapter one and verse number seven. Five things God's given us to make eternity. To not be deceived. Number one, he's given us power. Number three, he's given us authority. And our other one, God has given us, was a commandment to walk in love. Last but not least, God has given us a sound mind. For us, Second Timothy Chapter one, verse seven reads, for God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Wow. There goes that word again. Power. There goes this word again. Love and a sound mind. God has given us a sound mind. Power. Love. And what else? A sound mind. Mind. I looked up the definition of what a sound mind is, and it it was just amazing to me. And it says a sound mind is taken from the Greek word, which is a compound word combining two things. Meaning that your thoughts can be shielded from the lies of the devil. That's on Google. Your thoughts can be shielded from the lies of the devil. 
He has given us a sound mind, a shielded mind from the lies of the devil. What's that telling us? That basically no matter what the enemy tells us, it won't, it won't manifest. It won't be able to be conceived in our minds because God has protected and sent angels to guard our minds. In order to make it to heaven. Didn't give us the spirit of fear. And you know many people walk in fear. They, people fear all kind of different things. But he says I've not given you the spirit of fear. So don't be fearful. To lay down that weight. That is on you so heavy. Don't be fearful to lay down. The things that you struggle with. Because. When you fear these things. You give space to the devil. Might not make sense to do. Being told to lay down the weight. And I can understand why we would be fearful because when we lay something down before God, we don't know the end result. I'm giving you something, God, that that even though it hurts, it's comfort to me. And you're saying to give this up because you're going to give me something and I might not understand or see it might not make a lot of sense. But I will not fear. Because I know I have power. And I have a sound mind to trust your will even when I don't want to do it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear, therefore, is of the devil. Fear doesn't come from God. You don't have to be fearful of anything. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I know at the end of the day, Jesus is with me. I'm going through what I'm going through knowing at the end of the day, God is with me. So as I hasten to close, God has given us tools. God has given us the things that we need in order to make heaven our home. Be encouraged. Be strengthened in your walk with God. And remember, no matter what you face, you at the end of the day are never alone. God bless you.